Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm just not going to do it now because you're being, you're being annoying about it. <laughs> I think I've learned that I'm petty. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island? This is what I'm asking wrestling's best. In the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. I'm here with Heather Monroe. Heather, congratulations on the victory now with Nico Marquez bringing in so many fresh faces into the women's division is there anyone that you're looking forward to sharing that ring with shut up they share a ring with me I do not share with them being upper class means I don't owe anybody anything and Nico he can bring in as many girls as he wants they could be athletic they can pull themselves up by their bootstraps but they're all looking for an opportunity against me. That's because I built this division. I am the women's division here. And those girls, girls like Christy, you can't wrestle here. Heather Monroe, how are you doing? I'm good so far. <laughs> how are so you doing? <laughs> We're doing all right. It's 11 a.m. where you are at the yes. time of recording. So the, the day is but young. But I, I will ask, as, as a super fan of them, uh, which true crime podcast have you been listening to this morning? Oh, not this morning, but um, last podcast on the left is uh, definitely the one I've been listening to the most lately. Talk to us about last podcast on the left. So what's the story there? Oh, man. So they are they are very crude. Um, they're comedians, but uh, I think that they are the best of blending humor with the actual facts of what has happened in the murder it's not just like they're not just being silly the whole time it's like they have a straight guy that like says oh this is actually what happens while the other two are being hilarious you need someone <laughs> there with a with a little grounding in 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 the real bit of crime exactly so have yeah. a laugh and go anyway so there's what happened why is it that that we we tend to be so drawn to like true crime and real crime programs I don't know. For me, I grew up like my mom would always uh, have me watching Dateline with her. So it's kind of been a thing my entire life. Um, but it has be it's gotten popular in the last like couple of years for sure. Um, I don't know because it's I don't like horror movies, but I like true crime. That's like the weirdest thing to me. It's like I don't like the thing that seems like it could never happen. I, I like the thing that it, I could get murdered in my sleep. That's that's fun for me. We're not sadly here to talk about about murders, which is a shame. I mean, I mean, it, it may. It... I could, I could for a while though. Oh really? Okay. Well, I'll. <laughs> that could be a spin-off we do. Yes. We are, we are here to talk about uh, wrestling, in particular, uh, wrestling on a desert island, uh, <laughs> where we're sending. Yes. Yes. And uh, we're allowing you to burn a a DVD because we're old school of three <laughs> wrestling matches that you can watch whilst you are there. So they may not be the greatest wrestling matches of all time, but they could be matches that have some significance to you in particular. Uh, what would you like your first wrestling match to be? My first one is uh, the very like first like triple threat TLC from SummerSlam of the Dudley Boys, uh, the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian. 
I, oh, so w- what is it about that one that, that particularly sets your world on fire? I, it was around the time when I was first starting to watch wrestling and I was in love with the Hardy Boys and Lita. Uh, so it was kind of my, like, one of those, like, main introductions into uh, the Hardy Boys, essentially. Like, yeah, the other ones were there, but, like, the Hardy Boys. <laughs> and so it was, like, they. it was just fun to watch, uh, really like all of the moving parts that came with it. I love story and wrestling and like, I think it had it all in that match. Talk to us about where you were when you watched it. Can you put your mind back to where you were, who you were with and all that? I I couldn't tell you exactly, uh, but I can tell you most of the time when there was a pay-per-view, I would have, I had uh, these three guys that I would hang out with and watch wrestling with and, uh, we would all have pay-per-view parties, mostly in my basement, uh, but like, cause my parents would buy it and then all the parents would like, you know, chip in for it, uh, for the pay-per-view. Um, so we were probably in my basement, probably pretending to wrestle ourselves. Like I was always Lita. I almost always tapped out to Kurt Angle's uh, ankle lock. Um, cause you know, it actually was an ankle lock at the time. So yeah, that's probably where I was. And I feel like everyone liked Trish, so I was going to like Lita. You know what I mean? A lot of her doing intergender stuff was something that intrigued me the most about her and the most about wrestling in general. Um, Just because she could go in and, like, look like such a badass and then the same token go and wrestle the girls and be such a badass. And that was, like, really inspiring for me, especially as a girl that was literally hanging out with three dudes all the time watching wrestling. Who out of that friend circle? So back, so down in the basement, you're, you're with Kurt Angle <laughs> and others. Who in that friend circle have you stayed in contact with? Uh, I don't, I don't stay in contact with any of them. This was when I was like 10, 11. Mm. Um, so then, you know, like you're not thinking about like at dating or anything like that. You're too young. And then you get a little older and you're like, oh, we got to separate guys and girls. <laughs> like, so then when I kind of grew up a little bit more and I stopped hanging out with uh, those guys and started have, like having a little girl group instead. Cause it must, be a, it must be a cool moment for people that you grew up with when you had this passion for wrestling to, be able to look back and go, hey, fighting Kurt Angle in the basement. Yeah. That's, where, yeah. that's where it all began. That's where it all began. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't on the cards for you though, was it? Um, Cause you had a passion to get into acting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. wh- who was who were some of the actors that you drew inspiration from in, in that field? Um, I always, growing up, I always loved uh, Cameron Diaz. She was fun. I liked the comedy stuff that she would do. And the, Julia Roberts was always one of my favorites as well. Because I grew up like, you know, in the, I'm a 90s baby. Grew up in the 90s, early 2000s. That's like kind of their main, their prime. So we're talking like speed, miscongeniality. No, that's Sandra Bullock. That's Sandra Cameron, Bullock. Cameron. I actually hated Sandra Bullock when I was no. younger. Yes, I don't, she, I can't, can't tell you why. Bullock? I can't tell Bullock? you why. I, I don't know. I think I just had a weird attitude against her. I was like, she's not good. But then I watched like those, I watched Miss Congeniality actually very recently. And I was like, I love this movie so much. I love Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I'm like, why did I hate her? So Diaz, we had, uh, there's something about Mary. Um, Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels, the reboot from that as well. And then for for, for Julie Roberts, we had Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich, yeah. Um, Runaway Bride, Runaway like Bride. My Best Friend's Wedding, all those like 90s rom-coms that she did. I think yes. that's why I loved her so much. Yeah, she's able to sort of walk the line and do some serious stuff and kind of do the the, the schmaltzy rom-com stuff at the same time. She's, yeah. Uh, it, what was it from watching those guys that made you go, actually, I'd like to have a crack at this? Is there is there a certain moment where you thought, yeah, I'd like to try that acting malarkey? I don't know. I don't know that there was a certain moment um, with that. I think I just always loved the idea of of being a part of movies or like just acting in general. Like I, I've done community theater, like since I was very young too, um, which is probably why I was so drawn to wrestling as well. You know, like, especially in late nineties, early two thousands, when it was like, the storylines were so soap opery. Like I loved that shit. I loved it. <laughs> that was my jam. What was your, um, what was your first almost memorable role in community theater? 
Oh, I, the one that I'm remembering the most is, I cannot remember the name of, of what it was. The one I can remember the name of though is, I was the queen in Snow White. Nice. So that's a so first got, heel role, really. Yes. I got to be the mean one. I got to like have a big part. Um, there was another one that I can't remember. I don't even think that it was like a mainstream play, but it was uh, out of this tiny Legion Hall in, uh, in my hometown of Altoona, Iowa. And um, I can't remember the name of the play or anything, but it was like about a town that was very separated by green and blue. And I was Mrs. Blue, the mayor's wife. And I got to get a caricature drawn of me for the play. So I was like, this is so cool. Oh my gosh. And I, I think that's what made me be like, this is what I want to do. Compare the goosebumps and the nerves that you felt before walking out on stage as Mrs. Blue to the first goosebumps that you had walking into your first wrestling match. Um, you know, I feel like I've always felt more confident in wrestling. Um, maybe it's because I do feel like it's what I would, had been meant to be doing the whole time anyways. Um, but I just feel like with wrestling, it's like, I know that it's okay if something, if something gets messed up, it can really get put back together pretty easily with acting and all of that. It's a little bit harder to get back in onto the track if something gets messed up. Yeah. You, you're very, you're on a, you're on a rail really, aren't you? So it's, mm -hmm. you have to roll with everything that's going on there. Um, talk to us about your time in the Upright Citizens Brigade, because this is quite a, a prominent improv group. So your kind of acting world took you into the improv world a bit, didn't it? Yeah. So when I, when I first moved out to uh, Los Angeles, I was trying to act. My cat is trying to get into cupboards. Max. Hey. Hi, Max. <laughs> he's literally trying to, he learned that he could open cupboards now and he's. <gasps> oh no. Okay. And he's like trying to get into the cleaning cupboard. You don't need to be in there. We watched, okay, so <laughs> we watched our cat doing the same last night. We watched Pablo learning how to open the cupboard, which is, and we, we didn't challenge him because, well, that's the cupboard where the mugs are. The cupboard where the treats are is the other side of the room. So you, you crack on, brother. <laughs> You're going to get a mug at the end. Oh, my gosh. Bring him over here if you want. Hey, He's fine. I will. Give, give me one second. I'll grab him. All right. Go, 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 go grab Max. Hey. Ah, I am Max. <laughs> oh, he hates he hates being held so much. He's so big. Pablo's the same with us. He hates being picked up. <laughs> He's stuck to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was lovely to see you, Max. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you had Max? I've had Max for about eight years, and then I have another another little cat, Miss Elizabeth. Um, yeah, and she's a. Uh, She's a bit easier to grab, but uh, I won't I won't mess with her today. But I've had her for about uh, four or five years. So what's this, Miss Elizabeth? Obviously, yeah, that's a wrestling inspired cat name there. Yes. <laughs> what's the uh, What's the story behind the cats? Before we go any further, I want to dig into the cats a little bit. Um, no, I have hair. <laughs> I have hair all over <laughs> myself. Um, with so I got Max when I first moved to Los Angeles in 2012. Sir, he keeps going to the <laughs> cabinets. <laughs> Uh, so I'm gonna grab my toy. Now you honestly, you sort him out. It's all, it's all good. He's just like, why are you talking to me, mum? Oh, there we go. <laughs> crazy boy. Oh, here's here's Elizabeth now. See, she's beautiful like Miss Elizabeth. Oh, he looks like our Pablo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, so I got I got Max. Um, 2013, I got him. Um, and my sister had met her now husband um, one random night in Vegas, um, met this who was random dude at the time in Vegas and uh, was going to have him come visit from England. He's actually British. And I was like, you if you're going to have this random guy come to our apartment, I'm going to get a cat because she hadn't wanted me to get a cat the whole time. And I lived with her and I was like, fine, well, if you're going to do that, I'm going to get a cat. And so she brought him and I got a cat <laughs> and now they're That's... married and I have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a fair trade. Yeah. I was you like, did... that's fine. You did all right out of that. You did all right. What's, what's the, um, what's, tell us something for people who don't know, uh, what's the best part about being a cat owner? Um, I think the best part is just watching how crazy 
at least my cats are very silly and they're like always getting into like something. And so I, I just love that they just like keep me entertained all the time. They are, they are, <laughs> they are never ending balls of fun. Yeah, and I'm they pretty really sure Max are. is meant to be a dog. <laughs> he like plays, he plays fetch and he like won't leave me alone ever. And he talks all the time. He's very chatty as you went to get him then. You, we could hear him on the thing. He's a very chatty boy. Yeah, he's oh, a chatty boy. Yeah, I'm talking him. about you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so it's the Upright Citizens Brigade. Right. <laughs> Back to it. <laughs> it's fine when these go on a tangent. They're more fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Upright Citizens Brigade. So I moved out, like I said, um, to Los Angeles in 2012 after I graduated um, from college. And I wanted to get into acting. I was trying to audition and all of that. And then um, I, I wanted to do acting classes. Um, but my main thing I always wanted to do was comedy. So Upper Citizens Brigade was the main one out here besides Groundlings. Um, but I think it was the reason I picked Upper Citizens Brigade was like Amy Poehler was one of the main like people that had she started it. Um, so that was like one factor. And then the other factor was just that um, it was a little bit easier to start Upright Citizens Brigade than it was to start Groundlings. Like you have to audition to even get into Groundlings, um, even at their most basic level. So I was like, oh, I'll just try this and see if I like it. And I loved it. I went through, they have four levels that you do and then you can do advanced levels. So I did all four levels. I interned for them at their Franklin location for a year. Um, had numerous, I had like a few of my own teams. Um, and we, it was like, it, we had like indie shows, kind of like how they do uh, with wrestling, where there'd be like uh, our indie teams perform improv and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I like threw myself into that world when I first um, moved out here and it was, I, I loved it. I loved the environment there, the people that I met. Uh, it was a good time. Improv is a, is a really great skill to have if you want to get into any kind of performance theater. Um, was there mm -hmm. anything about when you were learning the art of improv that, that surprised you or something maybe you learned about yourself along the way? Um, hmm. Not really, not that I can totally think of off the top of my head. I had already kind of like dabbled into it in the beginning. So it wasn't, or in like bef even before uh, moving out here. So it wasn't super um, foreign to me. So you, yeah, you had, a, you had a vibe before then. You moved yeah. out there for, for acting. Uh, you, you've talked on a few interviews about the, your frustration with the auditioning process. And, mm -hmm. it, is a, and it is a tough process. Uh, explain what it is about that process that that is the most arduous for people who may not know i think the the hardest part is just the the amount of work you have to put into something that ends up not being fruitful at all um and on top of that just sitting there with a bunch of people that look exactly like you and you don't get a lot of feedback most of the time um so you're not sure like what you did right or what you did wrong. Like there's, it's just, there's no real like um, growing in those, in those times. Um, so yeah, I just, I didn't like the vibe of it all. Can you think of an audition, um, if you don't mind me asking, that you think that you nailed, you left thinking nailed that, but you didn't get? Oh my gosh, it's just been so long. Mm. Um, or is there one that you're you're you you're you particularly that smarts a bit that you didn't get that you thought I would have done that? I really can't think of any. It's just it's just been so long, and I mm. I really hated it. I really hated it. You so pushed much. a lot of it down. Then. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> I don't even like think about it anymore. Like I didn't have any really bad auditions either. Like nothing that really made me be like, oh, I hate. Like I I never want to do this ever again. It was just like over the time of like why. Like, I just don't like how this makes me feel and all of that. So it was not, it wasn't any like specific things. Um, but, and I definitely, I know that I could have done more. I, I think about that. Um, but I don't think I was ready for it when I was as young as I was trying to do it. So you're out in Los Angeles chasing acting and you've realized this isn't your vibe. This isn't your thing. Mm -hmm. uh, 
At what point did 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 ten year old Heather tap you on the shoulder and remind you <laughs> about the whole wrestling thing? Um, so it was the WrestleMania when Daniel Bryan won um, the the belts, and uh, my boy my boyfriend at the time, him and his roommates were having like a party to watch WrestleMania. They're not wrestling fans. So I was like, okay. And then I, I like watched it and then I was like, oh, wow. I remember how much I like this. And then I kind of forgot about it again. And then I found Total Divas. And then I started watching Total Divas and I was like, oh yeah, this is what I wanted my life to be. Like how they're living their life. And if they can do it, I could probably do it too. And so I really thought on it for a while. And like my roommate at the time finally was like, you know, just do it. Like, why not just do it? I like had researched schools in the area and I was so miserable with acting and all of that. So she was like, just do it. And I did, I signed up for one class at Santino bros. Uh, they do private training. So I signed up for that. And then I said, you know what? Fuck it. And I signed up for the entire class after that for the beginners course paid the entire course fee because i was like i'm gonna do it and then the rest is history <laughs> i want to get into your time at santino brothers mm -hmm. in just a moment but before we do we've got to pick another match heather for your dvd oh yes so, uh rest so we've had the summer slam tables on ladders and chairs oh my for your first one what would you like your second match to be um my other one is sean versus flair for rick flair's uh retirement match or his yeah match where he had to leave the yeah the uh, the career chat the career threatening match between Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels yep. the the one that history calls I'm sorry I love you yes That's the one isn't it yeah where were you uh, in terms of, of of life and times and career when you watched that for the first time I I was in um I was in college yeah I was in college I was a freshman in college um when that happened and i was just starting to get back into wrestling at that time um so it was kind of like easing my way um back into it i'd watched i tried to keep catch up on youtube with a lot of like the goings on of like what had been happening and then i started regularly watching raw again um so i i think i started actually like kind of right when rick flair had to like made this like uh transition to being like oh if i lose i'll i'll leave the time that i lose i'll leave so i was so invested in the storyline and i loved the storyline so much um that i just that's like one of my favorite matches of all time just because of all the heart and story behind it and the build it's the the build to it is is unlike any other match where you mm -hmm. have Shawn michaels saying look I, I don't want to fight you because I'm going to beat you. And I don't want to be the guy that beats you. And Rick's like, no, I'm going to fight you. And, and oh, it was just... The every... stakes were so high. Yeah. <laughs> it, pulled, it pulled you in. It really did. Mm -hmm. it, with that one, is there... At, the, at that point, you were in you were freshman year in college. And was there stuff in there that... that looking back now, now you are far more established as a, as a professional wrestler stuff in there that you admire that you probably didn't notice before. You know, I'd probably have to go back and rewatch it. I think that storytelling wise, that is a perfect match. It's like, I think they hit the beats so well and I was so invested uh, when I was watching it back then. And I, I haven't watched it recently. I actually, that'd be, I should definitely go back and rewatch it um, now. But um, I think every time even that you see the like, I'm sorry, I love you. It's like a little tear starts to form in your eye because you just remember how you felt the first time that you saw it. There's nothing quite like it that grabs you yeah. like that. Absolutely not. You were so to, to move from there to seeing a guy saying farewell, uh, you're saying hello to wrestling soon after. And you are you're part of Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy. Uh, you say you took private sessions rather than like group sessions to start with, didn't you? No, I had met I had decided uh, I was like, oh, I'll just give it a try. So I'll try one time. Right. But then I said, you know, no. I'm just gonna do the whole class. <laughs> what were your first thoughts when you walked in on day one? Um, I just felt really excited. Um, it was really hard, but I had prepared myself for it. Um, everyone always asks, what do, you, what do you need to know before going to school? Prepare yourself, get in shape, 
like people, I think people show up and think it's going to be easy a lot of the time. And I've seen that now becoming a, a trainer there, but I was, I went in, in probably some of the best shape of my life. I had been working on my cardio. I had been, uh, my friend, David, uh, who has, he's been a part of the wrestling business and his brother was a wrestler. Um, he helped me get into shape cause he kind of knew, uh, the type of cardio and everything that I'd need to prepare myself. So I was really excited. I was really nervous, but like at the end of it, I felt really good about myself. What did you, as you walked through the door for the first time, can you remember something that you saw that, that kind of, that, that really gave you the, the goosebumps or that nervous energy as you walked in? Was there something or someone that you saw? Um, I can't think specifically of anything, uh, right when I first got there, but when I first started, they had two classes going at once. So there was a class that they were already like, uh, able to like get in the ring and wrestle and all of that. So while we were like outside doing squats and like all of the calisthenics and everything, um, I was watching them just be in the ring and like wrestling around. And that to me was like, Oh yes, this is what I want. From your first day, is there a, well, actually no, from your, from the training session as a whole, we'll say, um, was there, is there something that you remember being taught that has stayed with you? Um, hmm. Maybe something one of your trainers said or, or a skill that you learned in that time that stayed with you. I, this isn't something that I got taught, but it's something that will always stay with me. Um, says, cause I, I had that private session, right? So I had already purchased it. So I was like, Oh, I'll use the private session, uh, just to maybe go in like on my own and get like extra critique or whatever. And I died. I died within 30 minutes. It was supposed to be like a two hour session died because I, I don't even know if I had even, I think we did rolls and all of that. And then like, I don't even know that I had learned to bump or um, really run the ropes at that time. So we were just rolling and like doing a little bit of that, a little bit of like headlocks, like easy stuff. And I died 30 minutes in and um, Joey chaos is the owner of the school. And then his wife, Jezebel was there, um, Sylvia, who helps run the school as well. And she was there to, to like help me out, wrestle around with me so that Joey could like stand back and watch. And I died. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm so, I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm not good at this. Blah, blah, blah. Sylvia comes up to me and she's like, hey, listen, you're my horse. And she's like, every trainer at the beginning picks somebody they think is going to make it and you're my horse. And she's like, so you're going to do, I know you're going to make it out and you're going to be fine. So don't let this get you down. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and that's always stuck with me. And she, I think like her saying that to me really um, motivated me and let me know that I'm on the right track. I think for someone to say that, to put that, that belief in you is either going to make you or break you in grand mm -hmm. style for someone to say, you're the, you're the horse. I'm, you're the horse. I'm backing you for the whole thing. Uh, and it seems like it makes you rise to the occasion as well. And, and, and you did, cause now you're working there as a trainer. That must be an amazing feeling. Yeah, it's, it was amazing. And like, uh, we had 24, maybe 20, yeah, 24, 25 people at the beginning of my class. It was the biggest at the time. Um, and only two of us ended up even graduating from it. So it, it's a good feeling to know that I, I made it out of that and, um, kind of get to give back and I like to try and give that same motivation when I can too, especially to the women that come through because um, there's obviously not a lot of women in uh, wrestling schools a lot of the time. So um, I think that that helps uh, motivate the other women that come through. Is there something that you're training in your classes that you wish somebody would have taught you when you were starting out? Hmm. I, I think what it, it kind of goes back to what I was just saying of, um, when there's women in the class, I, I like to take them aside and, and kind of give them a little, a little t pep talk because being a woman in the industry is different than being a man in the industry. Um, you always have to work a little bit harder than everybody else, um, to get taken seriously. And even if you were the hardest worker in the room, sometimes you're not taken seriously. So I like to take the girls aside and, and just, say that to them like hey this is like what's going to be expected of you unfortunately but like 
just keep moving and I'm always here for you if you need anything. So I, I had Jezebel for that, but I didn't really have anybody that was like working indies and like all of that, that could like really help me, um, with, with the knowledge of what it's like to be in the industry now. So I'm, I'm helping those girls and I wish that I kind of would have had that to start. Uh, if you don't answer this one, I totally get it, but is there somebody <laughs> within your, your class that we should be keeping an eye on? Is there somebody that's come through and you and 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 I'm sure they're all great and as and I, I imagine it's a bit like picking your children, but uh, yeah. <laughs> there's somebody in there that that you think yeah they they're gonna do all right. Would they be well, who, who would be your horse? Well, okay, so I it's hard right now because obviously there's no they closed the school down during all of this, so like there's no no classes that I'm helping train right now. Um, they do do online courses though, but um. There was, there's two like people that I've already like been proud of and they're already like on their way. And then there's one girl that's, I know is gonna do really great once she's able to get out there. And um, my first horse was Dom Kubrick, who um, he was one of the first people in my, um, that I helped train and he is now my tag team partner. And I, I knew he was gonna be talented. He I would always motivate him because I was always number two in my class. Um, there's always Guy Cool who who graduated with me, uh, who still wrestles, um, was number one. And I always was like, mm, I'm going to get him. So I would use that for Dom. I'd be like, come on, Dom. You want to be number one or you want to be number two? <laughs> and I'd always have to like, motivate him with that. And then um, Viva Van, who um, is now also working, um, she came in and I saw a lot of potential in her um, when she was training. Just the way she trained, I could tell how much she wanted it. Um, and then I took her under my wing as my young bay storyline wise. Um, but now there's, there's a girl, um, named Sephora who, um, she was just on the cusp, like just on the cusp of debuting before all this. Um, and I feel so bad. She's, she's young though. She's 17, maybe 18 now. Uh, so it's, she's got tons of time ahead of her, but she's already, she already gets it. Like she, She's really talented. She has character already. Um, I think once she gets the chance to um, get a little bit more learning under her belt in terms of doing matches, I think she'll be really good. That must be tough to keep people motivated when, as you say, they were on the cusp of pushing through and then all of a sudden the world catches fire and everything is just in a, a holding pattern until whenever. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I feel so bad for that. The like class that was almost there, like we were working on entrances and like character work and all that. They were like just about to be there. And uh, I actually reached out to her the other day because it's, I mean, LA right now is really bad. Um, but there is a studio that um, you can rent a ring from. So I was like, oh, let's go train. Like maybe we can get back in the ring and um, hopefully she'll be, she'll maintain that motivation. I think she will though. It, and um, before we move on, obviously you mentioned Viva Van there. We had Viva Van on this podcast last year. Oh, yes. And uh, and she's nothing but wonderful things to say about you, obviously. Um, but yeah, she even cites the, like, the matches that you guys have had as uh, as big turning points for her. There's, there's a lot mm -hmm. of promise in someone like Viva Van, isn't there? There's a big upside. Yeah, yeah. She's super talented. Um, and I obviously she has a really good look. So I think uh, once she gets a little bit more time under her too, she'll be really amazing. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Give us a sort of temperature check of the vibe in, in LA right now with you. It is a major downer here. <laughs> um, they did just lift the stay-at-home order. Um, I don't know that that will apply to LA County, though, because um, I think it's up to our mayor now. Uh, but everything is closed still. Um, we can't even, you can't go out to eat. You can't, I mean, they do have, um, like, shops open and stuff. Um, but other than that, it's it's pretty depressing here right now. How are you keeping uplifted and motivated during this time it's been really hard um i am kind of just maintaining it by um trying to stay as active as possible um there was a couple weeks there where it'd literally be my my roommate luckily has access to an actual gym so i've been able to actually go work out so we'd be like go work out in the morning and then sit on the couch the entire rest of the day (laughs) and so i'm just like i can't do that anymore um, so luckily I do have like some, some wrestling stuff happening. Um, so that's kind of keeping me a little bit more sane. You actually had your first wrestling match back uh, at Hurricane Pro mm-hmm. just yeah. the other week. Uh, compared to this time last year when you had been wrestling, how did walking out there feel after all that time of da- all that downtime? I was really nervous. I was like really nervous compared to like, I literally last year, I think I had wrestled like three matches already this week. And I was at rumble at the Royal rumble last year, actually. It was fun. Um, but I was, I was just so nervous and I was like, um, do I remember how to wrestle? Like I literally hadn't even been in a ring for almost two months, except for like a training that I had done the week before. So I'm like, and I died at that training. So I was so worried um, to to go out there and like just not know what I was doing. Do you feel like the the pressure is on yourself to go out there and, and be 110% again after having all this time away? Or do you have to kind of pull back a little bit and just go, I don't want to go a million miles an hour here because it's my first one in a while? Like... I think there was like a little bit of me wanting to be like, oh, I'll take, I need to take it easy. But then there's the other part of me that doesn't want to take it easy at all. Um, so it was, it was hard. I, I think I had to rein myself in a little bit <laughs> mm. of like, oh, here's what I want to do. And then I'm like, wait, I shouldn't do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> we, you, you have popped up on TV uh, despite all this going on. Uh, we've seen you mm-hmm. as part of AEW Dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've we we've seen you on Monday Night Raw uh, in in amongst it with with Nia Jax. Uh, with both of those, how different were both of those experiences? Going in there as somebody not on the roster, somebody in there to uh, to, to work a certain role on a certain night. So what's the experience like with with both AEW and WWE? Um, I think time wise, um, I was a year in when I did um, the stuff for WWE, so. I do think this time, like with AEW, I, there's a different vibe for me because I was more relaxed there. Um, just knowing that I kind of knew more what I was doing than I did back then. And just, I knew, I knew people at AEW. I have friends there. It wasn't weird. Um, I didn't sit there and be like, I hope I, um, hope I'm not in anybody's way. Like I felt that at WWE because I was so new. Um, I think even if I did WWE today, I'd know people there and it wouldn't feel nearly as like, oh gosh, I hope I don't like do anything wrong. Um, so I think that that was the main difference just where I was in my career time-wise. But also with um, AEW, I just felt like there was a more relaxed atmosphere and um, I got to work with someone that was my friend and um, just felt more in my element. You mentioned there about you you were at the Royal Rumble last year. In, mm-hmm. in what capacity were you there? Um, it was, uh, so my best friend's Taya Valkyrie and her husband, John, was um, 
wrestling on it. So I was doing a show in Dallas the day before and I was like, well, she, she didn't want to be alone just sitting there or like sitting in the back. So I was like, I'll just come down and go to the rumble with you. So it all worked out that way. And that was a real special night because that was the night that, that, that Edge made a return. For fans, it was something that came out of the absolute blue. Backstage, uh-huh. was what was, the, 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 what was the, the vibe like backstage, knowing that you kind of all knew something that was about to, to, to set the wrestling world on fire? So I, we actually didn't sit backstage. We, we went through the backstage, said hi to people, but then we, um, we were sat <laughs> literally... <laughs> in like these amazing seats that we were like, oh gosh, we're like right up where like cameras could like see us shoot, like what people are gonna talk because she was on impact. Like, <laughs> so she's like, oh gosh, I don't want like, the rumors are gonna like start whatever. <laughs> um, but so we were like sat really close. Um, so it was, we, we watched it like fans the whole time. It was really fun. Cause you, the Rumble's like just the best pay-per-view. The Rumble's the most fun. Before we get to your, your third match, as well as talking about um, wrestling matches that you want to take on an island i like to spring this on people heather uh, i'm also allowing you to take with you a movie an album and a luxury item so by luxury item that can be uh, something that has some sentimental value to you something that you use on a daily basis you can take cats you don't have to take cats uh, Alison <laughs> k has taken her cats so there will be cats on the island uh, but we'll get to have a think on that one but we'll first okay. of all ask you for a movie so if i say you can take a movie what would your movie be um this is a hard one i think i'm trying to think of like the movie that i could watch every time and i i love it um i do think the movie just friends would be the movie i would take have you ever seen it <laughs> i i haven't seen it. i'm aware of it but why that one um it, it's just a movie that i've always loved and i literally every time i watch it i like crack up the same way it's still so funny to me and there's people in it that i love to watch so nice what about an yes. album what album would you take I think I would take a brand new Deja Antando album. That's like the one that I can listen to over and over again without getting sick of it as well. Uh, so what, what turned you on to Deja Antando? Um, my sister is four years older than me and her and her friend always listen to brand new. Um, so I kind of stole, I stole a burned CD from her when I was younger um of it so i've listened to it for a long time <laughs> nice and how about a luxury item then what do you want to take with you i would take my cats yeah, for sure that's, i couldn't that's a good do you without them yeah you you miss them too much i think yeah yeah um, exactly do you, what is it with when it comes to max and miss elizabeth um do you think it sounds like a random question but do you think you've learned anything about yourself from your cats hmm. um because i'll say like with me like like pa- pablo has taught me a lot of um has, has taught me patience it sounds like a real random thing to say whilst we've been at home because yeah. like i'll be in here in this, this spare room for most of the day and then i'll come outside and he'll be sat by the door and uh and i think i should probably just spend some time with him because i'm just been quite an ass just sat in here all day. I just yeah. spent some time with him. And, and he's taught me the ability to be able to go, look, if I just stop for a bit, the world's not going to catch fire. And and there is a patience and a calmness that he's taught me. You know. I, I would say that is definitely a part of it. Um, but also I think I've learned that the type of mother that I would be is not like the doting nice one. <laughs> because I'm like... <laughs> you're an idiot. Like, what are you doing? Or like my uh, Miss Elizabeth, uh, I feed them wet food at five o'clock. She'll start coming to me at, she'll probably start coming to me in about 15 minutes to start meowing at me for five hours. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm just not going to do it now because you're being, you're being annoying about it. <laughs> so like, I think, I think I've learned that I'm petty. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if your cat is so if your cats have taught you it's that you are petty yeah yeah <laughs> but i like I, I, they do play that game though they do play that game pablo with us will do the thing where i, I i'm normally up at about four o'clock and i'll feed him at 4 a.m 
And then when 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 Alex, my good lady, gets up uh, at about seven o'clock, she'll walk into the living room and he'll be looking at her like, oh, I'm so hungry. And like you try this every day. <laughs> Like every, and you know, and, and Alex, like I know you've been fed. Yeah. <laughs> like, why do you why you do this? One day he thinks it's gonna work. I, I'm sure yeah. it has worked on a couple of occasions. Oh, like, she's done that. She's gotten my roommate and me before. Ah, oh, just the just the big eyes next to the bowl. Yeah, going, and the meow. Like it's oh. if you hear it, it's so annoying. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not, not gonna, gonna feed. Say- I'm like I'm not gonna do it. Not gonna feed you. I'm gonna feed you at five when I, you're supposed to get fed, not earlier than that. I thought you were gonna say it's, it melts your heart. No, it's annoying. I forgot. No, she's annoying. I forgot your head of the petty mom. I I'm forgot. the petty mom. <laughs> petty mom Heather. Yeah, right. exactly. Your third and final match then, Petty Mom Heather. Uh, we have uh, a triple threat uh, TLC match from SummerSlam. We have Sean and Flair from WrestleMania. What's the last one gonna be? My last one is Sasha versus Bailey from TakeOver Brooklyn. Big match. This was a, uh, it's a a bit of a cliched phrase, but this was like a paradigm shift uh, Mm -hmm. for for, for women's wrestling and wrestling in general. But talk to us about that, about why you love this one so much. Uh, So this match was right uh, after, right after I started wrestling, like after I started actually done training, like out in the world wrestling. So, um, I was still kind of trying to find myself. Um, I hadn't actually worked a lot of Indies cause I was wrestling on a tour. Um, but it was just like that, that thing that made me be like, Oh, this is what I want to do. Like, this is it. Yeah. This is where I want to be. Um, and I just, yeah, it shifted women's wrestling everywhere uh, in my opinion. Is there moments from that match that, that you remember and you love? The, the the moment that I always remember is the uh, the Frankensteiner off the, like the reverse Frankensteiner off the top that made me think Bailey was, or Sasha was going to die. I can't remember which one, <laughs> one of them was going to die. Um, but I just think, again, it, it goes back to the things that I've always loved in wrestling. The story, the build um, for that match was just so good. You talked about uh, about about how you train with with women wrestlers coming in uh, over the over the past twelve months. There's there's been a lot of conversations, stories that are from come forward from the speaking out movement. What highlights do you see coming forward for 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 particularly women's wrestling in the next twelve months? I think from that, um, I think there will be a lot more women um, stepping up to actually run shows or book shows. I do think that that's going to be something um, that comes from that. And I think that's the next step is having a more safe space uh, by having more women uh, being a part of the quote unquote, the office of shows. You had your first show back uh, just the other week, even in just that one show, have you felt any difference in, in, in the industry, a change in the air way from where you are? Um, not, I mean, not really, but the place that I had my show at, I have always felt comfortable there. Um, so that's not um, much different for me. I think the biggest difference is going to be when shows actually start running again in California. Um, because obviously one of the major people that was um, a part of California wrestling is now not going to be a part of California wrestling. So, um, And bar wrestling is going to be gone. That was such a huge staple here. Um, so I think that is going to be the biggest impact, um, but also ultimately it's going to be better for everybody. But you say you'll, there'll be more, there'll be more women and more, uh, more women in general stepping up into those positions in the office then. Is that something I, that you would I like to so. do more of, do you think? Um, I don't know that I have it in me to book a show. Um, I have helped with that and I did not enjoy it. <laughs> it's so stressful. Um, but I do like the idea of like producing or like agenting and that kind of stuff. Cause, um, I do think my, my like acting mind, uh, can help in, in places with that. And just, um, I, I just like to help and be a, a leader. It sounds weird but that's like i love that kind of stuff so i could definitely see myself doing something like that but booking no thank you no thank you (laughs) Uh, what is on your list for 2021 now we're starting to slowly get back 
into the into the rhythm of something that vaguely resembles normal. <laughs> uh, is there a list of things that you'd love to get ticked off in 2021? Um, I kind of just want to get back to the opportunities that I had last year um, that I didn't actually get to um, accomplish because of COVID. So um, there's a few things that I really want to do. I want to be able to work for um, companies that I was supposed to be working for uh, before all this happened. Um, so I, I was supposed to be with ROH doing their tournament. I would love to get the chance to work with them. Um, I would love to get the chance to work with Impact. I kind of just want to... Um, be able to take my career to the next level this year. And as as you do so, where can people find out all about you, where you're next and what you're up to? Um, you can follow me on social media. It's Heather is me. Um, I have a couple matches coming up in Texas uh, this upcoming week. Uh, who, who have you got in Texas this week? Um, so I have VIP Dallas uh, on Friday, and that's going to be against Killa Kate. And then I have uh, New Texas Pro Wrestling in Houston against Rachel Rose on Saturday. What I'll do is I'll rephrase that because I just realized this interview is going out next Wednesday. No. <laughs> do I have don't any have anything. <laughs> oh, the only thing I have, the only thing I have on the books next month is um, at the end of February. So I could, I'll, I'll promote we'll, that. We'll, we'll push it. So if I, I'll rephrase yeah. the question, I'll just go, what's coming up for you as we get into February then, Heather? Um, so I have a, a big event for Hurricane Pro on the 27th um, of February. So I'm not sure who I'm going to be wrestling yet, but I'm going to be defending my championship. Um, and it's going to be Hurricane Pro uh, with um, Ladies Night Out um, and Queens of the Ring all coming together for a big show there. And there's going to be lots of uh, good people on it. Who is, who is, apart from yourself, who's good to watch from Hurricane Pro? Who should we be looking for? Um, there is, um, Miranda Alizé, she's their cruiserweight champion. Um, Ryan Davidson, he's their heavyweight championship, um, champion. Uh, and then I've been working, uh, Renee Michelle's been working a lot down there, uh, who, if you haven't had your eye on her, she's, uh, she's a good one to watch as well. Um, but yeah. Well, we look for, and I just wanted to get a few more horses from you, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> any, any, any of those horseworthy? think they probably all are aren't they yeah i was gonna say all of them are, are really fun to watch um and they're kind of the backbone of of hurricane pro and we wish you the best in los angeles uh hopefully thank something you vaguely <laughs> resembling normal will return soon yes <laughs> here's hoping hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs> 